this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. We're coming to you from Oroville, California, the Father's House Church, and today I'm going to be joined by Steve Orsillo. He's the senior pastor here at the Father's House, and today we're going to be talking about a Christianity that works. So as opposed to a Christianity that doesn't produce what it's meant to produce in your life, we're talking about Christianity that brings real peace and real joy and real life change, and it impacts the world around us. So thanks for joining us. Let's get to the uncommon truth. Around here, they've got the saying, I want to have a Christianity that works, and we want to expand upon that and figure out what makes a Christianity work? What does that even mean? What what makes Christianity not work, and and how do we how do we really be Christians that that do what we say we're going to do and, and experience Jesus in our real lives. So I know in, in North America, we have this, this way of saying things that, that is kind of strange. I, I know you've seen it on your social media feeds, people posting images of, of uh, scripture on, on a landscape photo, and, and then their lives, you can tell in the next post, there's just that piece that they're talking about doesn't exist there, or... Um, You'll see somebody post a selfie with their Bible, you know, as if the reading your Bible to the coffee shop is the the point of Christianity, and you, you get see at the bottom hashtag blessed, and and it, it seems sometimes that in North America we have made our Christianity almost almost like that, like we're gonna fake it till we make it. But the question we're asking is 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 that real? It's kind of like. We, maybe we expect that we can bring we can bring our friends and neighbors to Jesus just by smiling at them in the line of the bank, and and that's the way we're going to attract them, um, not by living differently, but by acting like we live differently. And it sometimes feels like the important thing is not to actually have an, an abundant life, a life that feels like you've got streams of living water coming out of you, but at least that it looks that way to other people in front of outsiders, non-Christians. It can be in front of people that go to your church. It can be in front of your own family. And if you do it long enough, if you're like me, you can even trick yourself. And, and you end up believing subconsciously. You, you ask yourself, is abundant life, is a Christianity that works, is that even possible? So today we're going to discuss what Jesus promises to those who follow him. And we're going to ask the question, does your Christianity produce that? Uh, does the Christianity we see around us in the world produce that? And, and does it display it? And what can we actually do? So today I'm, I'm joined by Steve Orsillo, and we're here at the Father's House Church. And you heard my story last week about how, how we came here and how we saw something different when we came to visit this wedding. And so, Steve, I want to tell you a little bit about what it was like when I first became a Christian, because... I became a Christian at this youth group, and I started to read the Bible for myself, and it was, it was, it blew my mind. Like it was completely different, right? Um, I saw stuff that that I'd never experienced before, and and the Word was coming alive to me. I remember the day that the day after I gave my my life to Christ at youth group, I woke up, and I, I used to listen to a lot of different music. I loved um, I loved like alternative rock and and rock from the 90s and stuff like uh, Pearl Jam and, and U2. And I, rem- I remember waking up and I could instantly 
I could instantly find the musicians that had uh, some sort of Christianity in their lyrics. Like I could hear the gospel coming through in a U2 song. And I was like, oh man, I didn't know that before. I found out that um, the writer of the the group Collective Soul was writing from a Christian worldview. And, and it blew my mind because I could tell right away. And that's that was like my little experience of the Holy Spirit right away. I know you, you tell your story of how this tree that you saw was just completely different, right? It was just, it looked, it was like, wow, that's the most beautiful tree right. ever. And, um, it was a magnolia tree. Yeah. And so, um, when I became a Christian, I, I started reading the Bible and just voraciously and I, I didn't start in the right spot, but I remember making it to making it through the gospels and getting to the book of Acts. And I just, I was 13, so I was in that formative time where I, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I remember reading the book of Acts and saying, aha, I like to travel. I think I think if I'm reading this book right, I think I need to be a, a missionary. And uh, when I would share that with some of the Christians that, that had introduced me to Jesus, it was like, well, we don't all need to be missionaries overseas. Like he's not calling all of us to that. So so maybe slow down a little bit there. And so I I took their advice and I started thinking of more I guess realistic things that I could do with my faith and with my life. And so I started thinking, okay, well, maybe then I can be a youth pastor cuz my youth pastor is really cool. He took me snowboarding and and we played kickball at youth group and that'd be a cool way to spend my life and serve Jesus. So maybe I'll do that. And then I started talking to the Christians that were that were in my life, and they're saying, "Well, how are you going to raise a family? And um, like, who's going to marry you if you're a youth pastor? And how how are you actually going to make money?" And so I I started thinking about that, and I I still wanted to be a youth pastor, and then I checked out Christian University, and it turned out it was only about forty grand a year. <laughs> my <laughs> and they goodness. offered they offered me some scholarships, yeah. but it was nowhere near what it was going to take to to pay for that. And so um, yeah, I modified my expectations again, and I decided, well, I think I can be influencing people, young people, if I'm a teacher, right? And that, that seemed to, the Christians around me are like, yes, good choice there. You made a, <laughs> a really good choice. Um, and it just taught yeah. me to modify my expectations. And, and it also taught me that that I could modify Jesus's expectations for me, right. and it, it took me a long time to really realize that. But, but I think it it did change the way my Christianity was was working, and and made it just a different expectation. And I think I think it's a slippery slope that a lot of people find themselves in. Um, that that thought: Did he really say that? Uh, that's what we should do. And I think my abundant life felt like a roller coaster from that time on. So when I was directing camp, I I would have summer camp with kids and there'd be a hundred kids that would come up to the altar when I'd speak and they'd be so excited to, to follow Jesus. And I felt like, wow, I'm, I'm, my life is abundant right now. Like this is great. And all these leaders, (laughs) all these leaders looking to me for, for mentoring and guidance. And that felt like, that felt like abundant life for me. Yeah. And um, and then winter would hit up in Canada, and it would be like, wow, there's four feet of ice on the lake, and there's nobody at camp, and I'm planning planning my summer games and stuff. And it's just, then life didn't feel quite as abundant. Mm. And so even in my church life, people were really reluctant to be real with each other. Um, it was almost a, 
a faux pas to be to be real with your struggles and and it wasn't really fun it wasn't really meaningful so uh looking back there there wasn't much actual life there mm-hmm. like we showed up on sunday morning um sometimes we would sit in the car until 5 minutes before church because <laughs> we didn't want to interact with the people inside we didn't feel feel like it was real for us and um yeah it just became it just became what we did. That was that was our Christianity. So I, in my short time of being a Christian, it went from being um, on fire, sold out, like I'm going to go change the world, to I guess I'll come to church on Sunday. <laughs> and and I'm guessing there's people listening to that, uh, listening to us out there who kind of feel that same way. That might be where where I was at with like. I think there are a lot. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you then. What does Christianity promise to produce in someone's life, in, in someone's personal life? What does Christianity promise to produce that we should be expected, once we start following Jesus, we should expect to have? Well, I think that it's very clearly Jesus came to win back a relationship to the Father, a relationship to God our Father, and a man who walks alone out there and feels like he has to call out, is anyone out there? Um, understands what I'm saying, that when you come to Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to reside with you and in you, through you, that you gain a relationship with God that is much better and more than your relationship with just anyone else on the planet. Yeah, um, And I think that you... That's what Christianity promises. When you look at all the things in life that I have or anyone has that came through a commitment to Jesus Christ, through a giving your life to him, um, his presence in my daily life, the knowledge I have that he hears me, Mm -hmm. that I hear him, feel him, see him, so relationship is the number one thing with God. And the second thing I would think is most important, uh, right along with a practicing the presence of the Lord in your life, I would call it practicing the presence of Jesus on a daily basis that comes as the number one benefit of Jesus Christ, of being a Christian. It's what makes you want to be good. It what makes you know you're being, his eyes are upon me because I have a knowledge of that. The most important second thing is the knowledge that I'm forgiven. Hmm. I have done crummy things. I've hurt people. I have done things. I have betrayed people. People suffer because of what I did to them. And I can be forgiven. The weight of my sin is on my shoulders. And then... Through that experience that I had on that night, I began to know he was real. I began to know he's with me, like relationship, but I also felt the most amazing weight come off of me. Hmm. It was explained to me later that that was your sin coming off of you. So it's kind of like you get in water, you get in the lake, and it's cold, and a few minutes later it's not cold, and someone says, is it cold? You say, no, it's fine. The water's great. Yeah, because your body acclimates to it. The problem with this weight coming off is your body acclimates to it. 
you begin to feel normal that way. Mm. And you, you lose track of how it felt to be weighted down with your sin. If how it felt to not know he was real, what it felt like to look at, at a mall full of people or a stadium or any group of people and say, man, what's it all about and feel hopeless. And I would think the third thing that really is a benefit of Jesus Christ coming into your life is this hope for the future. This belief in something better building on a daily basis. Right. And I would think that those are the, right off the top of my head, those are the things I would want to share the most. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, it just continually goes on uh, to become a Christianity that works, grows out of that. An understanding, a belief. Other Christians have tried to tell me that, oh, settle down, you know, kind of thing. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And I've said, well, I kind of believe the verse that says you'll run and not grow weary. So I think I can sprint the marathon. Right. And I have been running a long time and I've found that I can sprint the marathon. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not faint. You'll raise up with wings of eagles. I will fly. I will soar. And I think these benefits all come from those first ones I said. The the understanding you're not alone. He's with you. Relationship with God. I have a father in heaven. Jesus said, don't be like the Gentiles who have no father in heaven. I have a father in heaven that came to me through Jesus Christ. And, and from that, almost every other thing's goes forth. Yeah, I'd never actually thought about it that way, but that makes a ton of sense and I definitely I definitely remember that that weightless feeling yeah. that that I felt afterwards and I mean even even as a 13-year-old um there's incredible guilt walking around <laughs> with kids, right? And yeah. and I just woke up and and it's like a cartoon the birds were chirping a little bit yeah. brighter yeah. and the sun was a different yeah. shade and I can almost think back to like somebody saying like, are you in love or something, you know, yeah. like something like that. Um, Singing someday my prince will come. <laughs> yeah. And on that day, my you prince. You were tiptoeing, tiptoeing yeah. through the tulips. That's right, right with Tiny Tim, but also with Snow White who's singing someday my prince will come. And I got to tell you, my prince came. So, yeah, yeah I, like I relate to that a lot. And I also relate to that um, when the storm comes and, yeah. and things start changing and, um those those verses that you read when you first become a Christian that you sort of skim over that like uh, there will be troubles in the world yeah um, and when they do come it's it can be easy for young Christians and and people who don't have that that or they they forgot that the acclamation is set in right. it's it's easy to forget and just be like man I'm that verse kind of makes me uncomfortable that um, like well I think I've built my house on the rock. Uh, and the storm's coming, so, well, I really hope I built my house on the rock. I really hope I have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I think that that as the acclamation sets in and people grow, grow long, like they've been following Jesus for a long time and, and maybe have, have stopped, they're, they're treating it more like that marathon instead of a sprint, right. um, that the verses are the, the things that we know that we we can repeat like um, the fruit of the spirit right. love joy peace patience kindness those um, or my yoke is easy and my burden is light we kind of grow uncomfortable with those because after a while you're like well I 
if you're not experiencing that he's with you, that relationship every single day, if, if you've sort of, uh, changed your, as happened to me, like your expectations for Jesus are lessened and, and you lessen his expectations for you, you sort of stop experiencing those benefits. Right. And yeah. so when you say a Christianity that works and you're talking about in, in your own life, um, I'm, I'm just, I think if people are like me, they're they're asking like, well, what about that easy, easy light burden that I was supposed to have, and and what about that, you know? You know, Max, I, I understand how that happens, and I just don't think it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to be the eternal stream. It's supposed to be the fountain mm. or that live river of living water that you'll never you drink of this and you'll never thirst again. Right. It's supposed to be that. And it should be. I think what happens, I remember as a young Christian being told over and over, that's your born-again excitement. You're a baby Christian, but yeah, I got hey, that too. it will pass. You Things yeah. will get normal. You're in this exciting Thanks. time, and things will get normal. And you know what? I My greatest sin I've ever committed as a Christian was that I believed that. Yeah. I, I failed to believe the truth and began to believe what people say is the truth because that's been their experience. And I decided that doesn't have to be my experience. And that's why that I believe the scripture that says, I mean, there's so many of them. I believe in the living water that doesn't ever, the quenching doesn't go away. You can be quenched continually. Mm -hmm. But again, I believe it comes from the knowledge that he is with me. Yeah. If he's watching me and I've read the Bible and see who he is and he's, his eyes are always on me, his presence is always with me. My behavior is going to be greatly changed. My behavior is going to be determined by the fact that Jesus is in the car with me. Yeah, that's right. It's very hard to cuss out the guy that just cut you off or slammed it. <laughs> guy today slammed on his brakes to save a turkey, and about yeah. 12 of us almost got in serious ca- accidents. And you want to scream out the window at the guy about the turkey. You know, you it's a turkey. Call him a turkey. <laughs> he almost killed a bunch of us. And yeah. It's a turkey, and there and there's something rises inside of you. But if Jesus is in the car, you have a wholly different response than if he's than if you're not aware that he's in the car. Yeah. And so I think that a great deal of Christianity that works, almost every avenue we talk about in the Christianity that works, will be him knowing and me being aware that he's with me, hmm. and my response, my action, my belief, what I read, what I accept, what I what I declare, what I preach is going to be based on the fact he heard me say that he's going to see me do that he is with me he approves of me he loves me and i will not dishonor him hallowed be thy name basically means i will not dishonor you i honor your name and i will not dishonor it it has a double entendre there and i think that everything in a christianity that works comes out of a river that is actually here the sign of Jonah, what we talk about in church Sunday, is that he is here. He is with me. Hmm. That this is the sign that the one who died has risen from the dead and is with Steve Orsillo. Right. I understand he's with you. I get that. Mm-hmm. I like you. The struggle I have is that he's with me. You're still right. with me. Yeah. Many times as I've stepped in it, you're still with me. Right. And that's where the struggle gets where I'm willing to believe when someone says, it'll pass. Yeah. Well, yeah, it will because I'm screwed up. But the truth is I'm not. I work on it every day. Mm-hmm. I am aware that he's with me every day. And I think that's probably the you know, best answer to all of 
the things people say. Yeah. Is, you know, he is with me. He yeah, is here. And that's the difference between Christianity and any other world religion where um, I heard a story where a guy was talking to some, some folks in a, another faith in another country and, and there the the imams and the the rabbis and the um, holy men holy men were talking about well you see there's not really that big of a difference between what we all believe see you come up to you approach god on his mountaintop from this side and and we approach god on his mountaintop from this side but we all get to the mountain eventually and um, i think it was david platt in the book radical he said well what what if what if that god were to come down and be with you where you're at and they'd said, "Well, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be that would be great." And that's actually that's what it means to to call Jesus Emmanuel. He's God with us, which is a complete game changer. Complete game. But changer. I, I I just I think that's not. I, I don't know if that's everybody's experience um, after living in you know North American Christianity. So when you talk to people, what do you get the impression? Do you think they don't live as though he sees them? Hmm. They think very similar to the religions you're talking about that he he controls everything in the world and it'll happen if he everything happens for a reason and all these things and they take they want to take man's choice out of it. But what you're describing, you know, is Emmanuel. He is with us and that's what sets us apart. That's what totally sets Christianity apart. But that would also change behavior. There's the old story that it's kind of a platitude that says, that asks the question, if you were in your home, knock on the door, you open the door, it's Jesus. He's standing mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And he says, uh, you say, Jesus, uh, you're here. And he says, I'm here to spend the day with you. Um, and then the question is asked, if that happened, would your day change? Would your life change? <laughs> would you would you behave differently? Yeah. And um, oh, the answer man. is clearly supposed to be, no, it's not. I live already as though you knocked on my door, which is what we teach that he did. He knocked on your heart. He was standing at the door, yeah, knocking. And if anyone who will let him in, that's right, relations, revelations, anyone that will let him in, he will come into them and sup with them and have mm-hmm. fellowship with them. And it doesn't have a time limit. And I believe it's for my life. From the day I met him back 44 years ago to the day I end up leaving my body, when Mm. whichever I hope that's a while, because I like it. I like being here doing what I'm doing for me to live as Christ, and I want it to go on. But I do believe he is with me. I believe he's here with you and me right now. He's around us. He sees us. He lives in me. I invited him in, and I gave him my life. It's... It's almost like I'm a, I'm a a piece of equipment that I let him operate. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's supposed to be. But he also, being gentleman who gives us free will, allows us to operate the machine with him in it, really. And he said, this is what I want to accomplish with you, and it depends, will we let him operate it? Hmm. And that's those... Uh, expectations of what's supposed to happen in a Christian's life, like burden burden you know my burden is light my yoke is easy you shall have peace that passes understanding right i believe you'll have what he promised the joy unspeakable full of glory the power on from on high mm-hmm. the glorious life the joy 
peace, patience, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the self-control. I believe you'll have them if you operate the machinery based on his will. He tells us what that is. He says, do you want to know who loves me? It's the one who obeys me. Yeah. And I think that if you let Jesus into your machinery, if we can stick with that metaphor, and you get to operate the machinery by his instructions, you're going to operate the machinery in an obedient to his instructions manner yeah. that will show that you love him and will produce every good thing that he it's... came to produce for you. Number one being, if I can go in the full circle, back to loving relationship with the Father. He said, no man's going to get to the Father either unless he come through me. Mm-hmm. Coming through him is letting him live in your machinery and operating it according to his will, you will end up having a father who is in heaven whose name you would not dishonor. Mm-hmm. You will forgive as you've been forgiven. Right. You'll, you'll not judge and, and be judged according to how well you don't judge. You'll, you'll be obedient to love your neighbor as you have been loved. Love one another as I have loved you. You'll fall, You'll fully obey these things, and you will prove that you love him, and you will show that your machinery is operated by him. I mean, according to his will, by you. Right. Right? That's what I said. So then, as you, like, that's that's an inworking of of him in your life, and that, that's the fruit of, of that relationship with him in your, your personal life. I think um, another thing in... In the North American church as a whole, there's a lot of a lot of people who are outside the church that that point to the church, probably rightly so, and say, um, I, I think the biggest critique of the church is, well, you guys say one thing, but you do something else. Like like Gandhi said, I love your Jesus, but I just don't like your Christians. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's kind of a scathing, like, ooh, I, you might have a point. So, what is what is a Christianity that works outside of you? What, what is that like? Or um, what sets it apart in a biblical community from, from this, this Christianity that doesn't seem to work? Christianity that doesn't seem to work is all about me. Hmm. I invited Jesus into my life to bless me, to help me accomplish what I want to accomplish to reach my educational goals, reach my financial goals, reach my family goals, keep my nation, you know, the way I want it. Yeah. Um, I bring God to my nation to, to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Yeah. God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> God becomes a butler to my wishes. Right. He's willing to come and make my life right. That is a Christianity that will not produce reproduction. It'll only do it in areas where you got what you wanted and you're teaching people how to get what they want. Um, It doesn't work in terms of Christianity that produces joy and peace and goodness in a person's life. Christianity that doesn't work is based on fear, fear fear-mongering. What will you do without health insurance? What will you do without a nest egg? What will you do? What will your children do if you do not leave them an inheritance? That kind of stuff. Those are the questions that people asked me when I became a Christian. That's right. I want to do, I want to follow what he says here. Yep. It seems pretty simple. And they said, well, it's not that simple because it produces failure. It produces, 
it, it actually is a killer of what's called faith, and the New Testament apostles say, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So then to have that philosophy, you have to then redefine faith to be something other than trusting God for all of those things. Right. Your future must be mapped out, planned out, arranged, and win-win, no risk, no faith. But they redefine faith to say that is faith, and that is the reward at the end of the life, is that you have all of those things, and all your ducks are in a row to do that. Mm. Whereas what Jesus teaches is faith is defined by your works, your trust, your obedience to his commands. His command being strictly, I love one another as I have loved you. When you look at it that way, and what he said to the rich young ruler, you have not loved your neighbor as yourself until you go and sell all that you have and buy for him the, the pleasures you bought for yourself. Right. Give to him the things you gave to yourself. I want to make sure and pay for somebody's things that I have paid for for mine. I want to make sure there's a record of that so that I am obedient because he's with me. I can't hide that I bought all this pleasure for myself, all this vacation, all this ease, all this this life I live. He just keeps pouring blessings on me. And I would be very, it's very easy and seductive to say he gave them to me because he wanted me to have them. Yeah. When I want it to be that he gave them to me so that I can make sure and give them to others and tell them this came from him. Right. He's with me. Whatever I have, he has. Whatever I give you, he gave you. The the idea that he's your father. He's my father. And everything that he has is yours. I want to be his favorite son. I want to be the one that ha- all has. He says to the one son in the prodigal son story, he says, my son, you've always been faithful. All that I have is yours. I want to be that. Yeah, always faithful, <laughs> having all that he has, and I want to have it so that I can give the prodigal the ring, the robe, and the fatted calf. Mm-hmm. I want to. I would love to be chosen to be able to give that, and I and I see in my life every day that my Christianity works exactly the way I see it. I have abundance to give away, not abundance to hoard or put in a bank or take away my faith. Abundance will take away your faith really fast. Yeah. So I like to have an abundance that I can give and use and share. And I think that's where Christianity differs from a person that has a Christianity that works, from a person that has a Christianity that doesn't work. A Christianity that works is based on selflessness, doing for one another. As I have had it done for me, okay. not as I yeah. would like it done for me, but as I have had it done for me. By Jesus. As God has done it for me, I want to be yeah. his hand to do it for others. And I think others-centered Christianity is by is simply the best way to say you have a Christianity that works. Is it all about others? Okay. If you have a group of 100 people and everybody has that Christianity— You have 99 people doing stuff centered on (laughs) you. You do. You have 99 people working for your life. If you have one that's all about me, you have one, you, and they each have one, them. And that's why you go to church and you, you don't want to, you don't want to really go in because it's just like, wow, this just feels like, feels like going to work almost. 
Sometimes it's a very divided idea. They there's a lot of nice things said, and don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing churches. I I am the church man. Mm-hmm. I started out as a totally anti church man. No, I'm the church man. I really right. am. I'm I'm a, I believe that church is one of the most important things we do. The unity of the saints, the bond of faith. And that's what I experienced when we came here. The one Sunday, that, that was like the Sunday that changed everything for us. And we could have gone to the national park because that was our plan. We came here for six yeah. days. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, we're only in California once is what we thought, right? As we're, we're streaming here from California. But um, we, we were going to go see Redwood National Park or yeah. uh, Yosemite or something like that. and, and Spectacular of it, places. It's raining. And if you don't know the, the climate here, it's like it rains, 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 and then doesn't for a long time. And then it rains, 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 rains. Um, and so we got like the second day of the rainy season. And so we're like, well, I, I guess we should go to church. We don't really have an excuse now. Our flight leaves tomorrow. So, okay, we'll go to church. And when we walked in, it was like... We can't, I think we came about a half an hour early, which is about the earliest we've ever come to church, <laughs> half an hour early, and and everybody was already there because they wanted to they wanted to share that with each other. It's like I can't and and having two kids and another on the way. Usually Sunday mornings are like, oh man, this is rough. <laughs> this a is lot of work. So hard, right? Yeah. Like, um, getting getting kids that don't like getting dressed. You know, like I we had the women's weekend away this weekend, and I had. I had the clothes laid out by my wife before she <laughs> left, and I ended up getting the the 18-month-year-old dress on the three-year-old and sent a picture like, this can't be exactly what you what you wanted, right? And so all the ladies came back like, we heard how you dressed your daughters for church. And, <laughs> We've but all I, gotten that one. Like, so I know, I know what it's like, but yet coming here that Sunday and, and every other time when we came to visit to, to check this place out you know, further... It was like, wow! I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And it wasn't, it wasn't that like, let's fake it till we make it. It was like, no. wow, this is like, this is so good to be here. We um, love being here. And and that's why, like, my last question is, what has made Christianity work? Like, what is the thing that's made Christianity work in your ministry and in your life? It's really the belief that we think the command of Christ is love one another as we have been loved, like as he has loved us. And so if we just meditate for a minute on how has he loved us and his command is to go and do that with others, I mean, it's no secret why we all want to be at church. We all love church. We really do. It's it is only a very minor part of our Christianity, but it's a great expression of that minor part. Mm-hmm. It's a great expression, and we want to be here, and it comes from loving one another. I can tell you that you mean I can say it, but then I'm the leader, so it's almost self-serving. But if you talk to any one of a hundred different people, they will tell you they've never had this many good friends, they've never felt this much love, they've never had this good of friendships, and this good of met, they've never met leaders that were so true that they're honest, they're all in. It's what you see is what you get. It's not a different guy here than at their house. They're they're, they're real. Right, and, and, and so they all live in community together. We live so in community. It's not that um, that I act like this on a Sunday, um, right. and we have church on Wednesday nights too, and it's not, not like this is who I am. Because you go on Wednesdays, you go from work to eating dinner together to church, and then you go back and live together, yeah. and it's like there's no room for that 
for that. Like I'm a different person. Right. At, you at can't church. hide. Right. You exactly. can't hide. So yeah, I mean, it it is a different. It is a completely different Christianity when you when you focus on what's what has Jesus done for me, and what am I going to do for others? And oh, by the way, I'm with you right now, and I'm going to not only help you do that for others, but I'm also going to be there because I want to make sure it happens, right? And yeah. When you when you know he's with you, that's that's completely different. Um. I mean, I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to learn from you, and um, and I, I really appreciate you being here and sharing. Uh, that was that was Steve. He's our senior pastor, and um, and I I just want to express that that like I'm I'm asking these questions of Steve, and um, like I don't have it all figured out. We came here about seven months ago, and. And and we came here because it had something different that that we had never seen before, and and it was worth worth coming here and figuring out if this Christianity could work for us. And so far, honestly, it's been it's been good days and bad days, and it's been hard leaving behind uh, jobs that we loved and friends and family. But it's also been uh, amazing the friendships we've built here and and the community we have. Um, and seeing how this teaching that Steve just expounded actually plays out in real life, um, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but every single day. So thanks, Steve, for, for being here and talking, talking about a Christianity that works. If you want to join us next week, we're going to be asking a couple questions. The first one is, are we in the way of Jesus or are we just getting in the way of Jesus? And what we mean by that is, Are we passionate about the same things that Jesus is? So Steve and I are going to be discussing that next week on the podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, why don't you share us with a friend, talk us up on social media, pass us on to somebody who would be interested in this sort of discussion. Um, And even you can leave us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts at. That'll help more people get in touch with us. And check out the show notes below the the podcast you can get information about how to connect with the father's house church including our website uh, information about our transformation school the school of transformation and the other ministries and programs here at the father's house and you can also just connect with us and tell us what you think about the show we really appreciate it this has been the uncommon truth